Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Brought to you by Daryl Reed. For more podcasts, news, and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. So John has been out in the Eastern Cape uh, the last week ministering at a couple churches down there. So, so that's where he is. Um, and so I get the privilege of, of sharing with us this morning. And it's, it's so good to, to be together. Uh, John has been sharing the last couple of weeks about the Lord testing us over these last two years. So I'm, if, you're, if you're first time, then you'll have to go back and watch the, the, the videos on, on YouTube. Uh, but remember John was saying that his maths teacher would, would write the test and then would say, but boys, there's this little trick. Um, you guys remember that? I was just checking. Is everyone awake? This is the 10 o'clock service, so you guys are like mid-morning nap. Come on, wake up. Nudge your first, the person next to you to, to, to stay awake, and uh, we're going to have fun. And I assure you, we'll be done early. That's, that's what I'm aiming for. We're going to be done early today. Yeah. So some people are excited about that. Someone tell Kidsman, we're going to be done early. Awesome. The test that I want us to dig a little bit deeper into, I think one of the primary tests we've been facing over these last two years has been a test of our faithfulness. And uh, I want us to, to look into this in a little bit more detail because let's be honest, we've become a little bit lazy in some regard in the, over the last two years. It's been easy to say no to stuff because COVID is a, is a nice, easy excuse for, for many things. And so we don't want to be lazy. We want to be faithful um, in our serving of the Lord and just, yeah, we want to be faithful. So if you've got your Bible, uh, open up to Galatians chapter 5. Uh, we're going to read uh, uh, about 13 verses here from verse 13 all the way down to verse 26. So we're in Galatians 5, and this is the chapter where we, we read about the fruit of the Spirit. So if you're with me, Galatians 5 from verse 13. It says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, rather serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the to the flesh. Let's pause over there. You see, our, our flesh, old nature, has a desire that is in conflict with the nature of the Holy Spirit, which is guiding you and leading you. And so we need to realize that there's this internal tension and, and kind of war over which way are we going to go. Are we going to follow the desires of the flesh, or are we going to follow the leading and the guidance of the Holy Spirit? This is one of the reasons why, why food fasting, naturally fasting, is, is, is so beneficial because it, it, it denies that flesh that wants to feed me um, and it, it follows the Holy Spirit. And so it helps to bring a, a, an internal alignment, um, an internal union that there's not a tension within. Because when there's tension within, well, that causes stress, anxiety, and all of these modern diseases as we, we know them uh, linked with stress. And so we need to be internally in sync, uh, if we want to put it that way. Uh, and so we need to follow the Holy Spirit. It carries on. They're in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. 
But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Let's pause over there again. I think if you're like me, you start reading that list and you're like, no, that's not me. I'm not a drunkard. Uh, no, I don't have fits of rage. I'm, you know, all of these things. Like, no, no, no. But, but there's a, some, some of the list over here which I think we maybe just need to pause on a little bit and, and be like, okay, Holy Spirit, show me. Am I, am I having a victorious life in this area? Am I winning in this area? Some of the ones maybe like jealousy and envy. You know, it's easy to say, oh, no, I'm, I'm not jealous until... Until you, you know, start your own business and it's going well. And then all of a sudden this thing called COVID hits. And out of nowhere your business just gets shut down. Your neighbor on the other side of the road from you, however, this thing called COVID hits. And their business starts to flourish and they're not even a believer. And, and you kind of, in that moment to fight that jealousy, envy thing, that's not easy, is it? It's kind of like, oh man, God, how, how is this possible like i'm the faithful one and and yet the heathen across the road from me you're blessing them out of this horrible you know situation this pandemic and now my business has come to a grinding halt just painting a scenario come on jealousy sometimes is very real and i think it knocks on all of our doors as does envy what about what about this one selfish ambition this is for the people at home i'm sure it's no one in no one over here. No, it's not even for you guys at home. In two weeks' time, I'm preaching at another church. This is for them, I think. I just want to practice running it through. But I mean, come on, we don't struggle with selfish ambition, do we? <laughs> Some of these are a little bit more difficult than others, aren't they, for, for most of us? Uh, for some of you, perhaps the, the, the more obvious ones are still a struggle, and I want to encourage you, get, get free from those things. We don't want to live a life of the flesh. We want to live a life in the spirit it says but the, but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace forbearance kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control against such things there is no law those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. We'll pause over there. You see, when we belong to the Spirit, we've crucified the flesh. The, that fleshly nature is no more. And when that fleshly nature tries to resurrect itself, we just need to recognize and remind ourselves that that fleshly nature died when you gave your life to Jesus, when you went under that water and came up, you went in and associated with the, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That fleshly nature has been crucified. Remember Colossians. It's dead, 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 dead. And we then get to choose to live in the Spirit, that we will walk in step with the Spirit. 
What that's saying is that we're so in tune with the Holy Spirit that He's guiding us, that He's leading us, that it's not that the Holy Spirit's trying to lead us this way and we're pulling off this way and there's this internal tension. No, we're in step with Him, with His guidance, with His leading. We are with Him. He is with us. He is in us. And life goes well when we get to live like that. But faithfulness, that's what we're on about this morning. Faithfulness is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. How do you live, uh, how, do, how do you get the fruit of the Spirit? And I think you, you read this list and our, our natural tendency is, okay, well, I need to change this. I need to do this. I need to improve in this area. I need to not be so selfish. I need to stop being jealous. I need to work on envy. Um, you guys tracking with me? I think our natural uh, response is to get into a, a works-based mindset so that we can self-improve. But you see, it's not, the, it's not the fruit of good works. It's the fruit of the Spirit. And so our, our faithfulness when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit comes from abiding in Him. Faithfulness is a result not of works, but of surrender. But with that said, faithfulness is works. Faith is... Well, Faithfulness is your faith put to action. You know, you can say, I believe in, um, let's say, for example, I believe in community and I believe that every uh, member of Breakthrough Life Church should be part of a community connect group. I believe it with all of my heart and I believe it's what should be done and, and, and that's what I believe. I have faith that that is what God is doing in this season for us and everyone should be in a community connect group. I have faith that, that that's what should be. Well, that's not really faith unless you show up and be at the Community Connect group every Wednesday. And that's how you then become faithful, is you, you show up and you act on your faith. You see, it's not really true faith until you start to act on it. Um, and so faithful is an action. And uh, to be faithful is to be in Him. That's how we grow in the fruit of the Spirit. Surrender to Him. To gaze on His beauty to be at His feet, to be devoted to Him. See, how does, a, how does a tree bear fruit? I think I covered this with you guys not that long ago. A tree bears fruit by being healthy, by being in the right location, by being present. As we are present in His presence, we become fruitful and we grow. So let's unpack this word faithfulness a little bit more. It's a common word that we, 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 we've all heard and we all use. But what does it actually mean? What does it actually look like to, to be faithful? So let's, let's have a bit of a, a definition here. So faithfulness is firm adherence to the truth or firm adherence of your duties in your relationship with God. You know, we have duties in our relationship with God. There's things that He expects us to do. The Lord gives us certain commands and instructions, and our duty, uh, our faithfulness is to follow those, uh, th those instructions, those commands. Being faithful is to be loyal, to be constant. You know, loyalty has changed a little bit in the last, call it, 50 years, don't you think? I mean, I remember like my parents' generation and my grandparents' generation, Loyalty was, was, was different. You, you got a job at a corporate company and you worked at that you know, company for, for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. You were loyal to that company. 
I'm not saying we're supposed to be loyal to a company. No, we're loyal to God. I'm, I'm, I'm using this as an example to talk about our culture that we live in because our culture impacts the way that we perceive and, and, and assess our, our lives and look at the Scriptures. Uh, how loyal are we in our modern era? I think loyalty is not a value that's, that's held to very much anymore. But we need to be people of loyalty. That's what faithfulness is. Uh, faithfulness is to be faithful to your word. That when you say yes, you mean yes. That when you say you're going to be somewhere, that you, you, you be somewhere. That we're, we're faithful to our word. It's being faithful to your spouse. You know, for, for the married couples here, yeah, the, the day you say I do, you're saying I do for the rest of your lives. I mean, come on. If, if a husband was faithful to his wife for 364 days a year, but on one day of the year wasn't faithful, well, that's not really faithfulness, is it? No. Just the same way as we're faithful to our spouse 365 days a year, we're faithful to the Lord 365 days a year for our entire life. This is one of my favorite definitions of faithfulness. Faithfulness can mean to stick to or to stick it out. Meaning that once we commit to something, it's like we stick to this thing and, and we, we stuck to this thing now. I say I'm going to do this thing. I, this thing and me, we're now attached together. We're stuck together to, to see this thing out. That's what faithfulness is. Faithful men, men and women are dependable in fulfilling their responsibilities and carrying out um, of their word. Now, God would never expect us to do something that he doesn't do. And one of the, the beautiful characteristics of our God is that He's so faithful. It's His nature, it's His DNA, it's who He is. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He was faithful, He is faithful, He forever will be faithful. And the Scriptures tell us this promise. As we put our faith in Him and our trust in His faithfulness, man, there's a security that comes to you that helps you to then be faithful. Psalm 100 verse 5, it says, For the Lord is good, and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. The Lord is faithful to us throughout all generations. We read then in Psalm chapter 36, again verse 5, Your love, Lord, reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies. It's kind of implying there's no end to his faithfulness. It's, it's there for eternity. It's, it's not almost fathomable how faithful he is. He cannot be God and be unfaithful to his word. His word and his promises over us, the scriptural promises, he is faithful to see those promises to fruition. When we trust him, and when we have an understanding of His faithfulness towards us, living our lives out faithfully is so much easier. Let's have a look at, at one of the Old Testament stories. There's some, some really beautiful stories in the Old Testament about profound faithfulness. And one of my favorite ones is the story of, of Noah and the ark. Isn't that just such a crazy story? Just imagine, picture yourself being in Noah's day. That God, you know, pitches up and, 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 and starts to speak to you and tell you what you need to do. You need to build this ark. 
and gives you descriptions, details of how it needs to be built, how it needs to coordinate, facilitate, um, administrate this whole process. And now you must start building this, this ark. <laughs> it's about 100 meters long. Sorry, 140 meters, I think. 140 meters long. It's about 24 meters wide and about uh, 14 meters tall. This is a big boat. I mean, think of the 100-meter sprints to get a reference of how long that is. This boat is another 40 to 50 meters longer than that. Remember, they didn't have electricity, people. This was his electricity. (laughs) Like, how many pieces of wood was he cutting? And they didn't have, you know, pneumatic air guns. No, Hammer and nails, and they didn't have Chamberlain's or Builder's Warehouse. I think Noah had to make his own nails. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> How long did it take him to build that ark? Some scholars reckon somewhere in the region potentially of a hundred years. I mean, imagine what he must have been going through. Picture, I mean. For me, day three, I'm like, okay, I've got splinters all over my hands, and all I've done is, is, is chop down one tree. <laughs> like, seriously, God, how is this even possible? Yet Noah is faithful day after day after day, doing the task, the duty that God has asked him to do. Now, I mean, again, I would imagine if I was in his shoes, if I was Noah, I would probably be having some, some doubts along the journey. You know, maybe 50 or 60 years in, you start to wonder, is this flood actually ever even going to happen? Like, was that even actually God, or was I just having a, a weird dream? <laughs> Have I wasted my life up until this point? Like, should I carry on and finish this thing? Like, really? <laughs> you see, he was, he was unwavering in his faith of what God had said to him, and then his faithfulness in continuing to do what God had asked him to do. Hebrews chapter 11, it's the the, the generals of the faith chapter in the Bible. And, and, And Noah is one of these generals of the faith. Hebrews 11 verse 6 and verse 7, it says, And without faith it is impossible to please God. Let's pause over there. Come on, isn't that our primary duty as sons and daughters of the king? To please him. It's like we're, we're, he's the creator, we're the created, and our, our, our purpose in creation surely largely is to please him. And it's only possible in and through faith and our faithfulness. Let's be a people that pleases our God carries on because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him by faith Noah when warned about things not seen in holy fear built an ark to save his family by his faith he condemned the world and became heir to the righteousness that is in keeping with faith Noah was faithful day after day after day he was constant he was stuck to that ark He was committed to it. That's the type of faithfulness that I feel God wants us to have. That will be so committed and so strong that there'll be such a conviction 
to, to follow through on the things that God has, has, has asked us to do, has spoken to us, and the general things that the Scriptures coach us to do. See, to be faithful is to be full of faith that we might please Him, because it's that faith that pleases Him. Let's talk about sticking it out a little bit, about being sticky. Let's be sticky Christians. <laughs> that we're so faithful, we're stuck to Him and to the things that he's, he's, he's instructing us to do. You know, and again, our, our modern culture that we, we live in, there's things like cancel culture. We're just, it's easy just to cancel things, and it's, it's all about shaming and naming things that are wrong and awesome, wonderful. But isn't it so much healthier if we, instead of shaming and showing what's wrong, show what's right and then be what's right? But I think... Part of what's happened with cancel culture over these last few years is that it's become just so easy to say no and just to opt out of things. I'm just going to opt out of this because I don't feel like it. And so why am I sharing this? Because we need to recognize the culture that we live in because the culture influences the atmosphere. And so we're warring against some things in the the atmosphere. And so the test that we're facing of faithfulness, there's some tests and challenges around this. There's, There's a war around this faithfulness because everything in the culture says, no, be lazy, no, opt out, don't commit, don't be loyal. It's all about you and your comfort. Do what suits you best. Forget about your neighbor. That's the narrative of the culture in the day. And so we need to understand this and come with the opposite spirit, with the the spirit of God that will be in step with him, that we will walk in the fruit of the spirit. Because sometimes, come on, let's be honest, we just give up too easily. Am I the only one? (laughs) Come on, any other husbands or wives out there, you've You've got a half-completed project at home that maybe your spouse started. (laughs) I see some nudging happening. (laughs) Some of us are great starters, but not great finishers. That's why we need one another. But sometimes we just give up too easily. You know, there's a a famous saying that we, we love to quote. And uh, some attributed it to Albert Einstein, but it's actually not necessarily a true, um, you know, it's not an Albert Einstein quote is what most people say. But the quote is this, to keep doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result is insanity. It was actually quoted at an Alcoholics Anonymous um, event somewhere in the 1980s, I think. And so they think maybe Albert Einstein said it, but it's not a not assured link. Anyway, we love that quote, and, and I think there's so much power in that quote and so much truth in that quote, but I think there's a context to that being valid and real, and I think we sometimes misapply that quote, and we use it as an opt-out to say, well, I'm just going to stop doing this thing because it's not working. I'm going to try something else. Okay, I tried this. Okay, it's not working. I'm going to stop. I'm going to try something else. And so we just hop from you know, thing to thing to thing to thing and, and never really actually get anywhere or do anything. Uh, any of you guys like the, the mining shows on Discovery Channel where like the Alaskan guys go out and they dig for gold in the snow and stuff? Or You need to go watch it if you haven't. But it's, it's a cool, fun adventure. I mean, imagine if those guys applied this mindset to keep doing the same thing over and over, expecting a result, and they're not getting the result. And so the first 10 you know, bucket loads of soil that they put through the, the, the mill to, to see if there's gold, if they get no gold, they just say, oh, well, there's no gold. Yeah, we're done. We're out. Let's go look somewhere else. Uh, no, that's not what they do, is that they just keep going repetitively because they know that sometimes the gold is deep down and you've got to get 
down to that gold. I mean, one of the shows, they, they, they're digging for gold in the actual river, scuba gear, and down they go, um, you know, four, five, six, sometimes 10 meters down, and, and they, then they call it dredging. They're sucking up the, the soil under the water because they believe that when the waterfalls, been, you know, as it's been flowing, the gold in the, in the ground has been washed down and then fallen down a waterfall, and it's all collected because it's heavy at the, the bottom of this waterfall. And so they believe that if they keep digging down there and get to that depth, they're going to find this, this kind of pot of gold. <laughs> but if they applied that mindset of just going down the first you know, two feet and then saw, okay, there's no gold in the dredge, okay, we're out of here, there's no gold here. I'm using this as a metaphor to say I think sometimes we do that spiritually. We, we give it a go and we, we dig out a, a foot or two. We get on the scuba gear. We're like, I'm all in. Like, let's do this. Come on, let's go digging for gold, baby. We get a meter or, well, I mean, a foot or two in, and then we're like, okay, this is, I'm done. Throw in the towel. Let's go do something else now. I'm, I'm bored. <laughs> you see, what if the very thing you were created for? is just beyond the difficulty you're currently facing. And you just keep giving up because you're saying this is too difficult, I don't like this. Sometimes we just need to be faithful and just keep on going, pushing through. John's been speaking about the Israelites fleeing Egypt to the promised land. You know, maybe God's spoken to you. He's given you a prophetic promise. He's given you a prophetic word. You feel you've got this destiny in the Lord. And so off you go on this journey and you leave Egypt. You leave your captivity on your way to the promised land. But you know when you leave your Egypt, all of a sudden you find yourself in a desert. And now what? God, where are you? What have you done? God, you spoke to me and you, you, you led me into this place? Come on, remember that sometimes maybe we've got a bit of an echo of, of what the Israelites had going on. God, did you lead us out here to, to destroy us, to kill us? We were better off being slaves back in Egypt. So we find ourselves in the desert. God, where are you? Was that even a real prophetic word? Did I even interpret that passage or that verse correctly that led me on this journey? Was that person that prophesied even a Christian? Like, do they even know you? Like, did I, did I miss it completely, God? Yeah, I am in the desert. You've abandoned me. And what we do then is we start to set up camp in the desert. God doesn't want us to set up camp in the desert. He wants us to be faithful and to keep going. Because in Noah's case, the rain is coming. The rain is coming and we need to keep moving on. We need to be faithful at keeping on, keeping on. I heard a speaker once say that the, the journey, the 40-year journey of the, the Israelites leaving Egypt that if you worked out the actual distance that they traveled every day over 40, 40 years, it was like 100 meters or something ridiculous. <laughs> you know, just imagine, you're packing up your tents and everything. Okay, we're moving. We're going to the promised land. Come on, kids. Off we go. And you walk for three minutes, put down. Okay, let's set up camp, guys. Tents out. 
and the kid says, oh, I left my fluffy toy behind. Don't worry, it's just over there. Go get it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so God doesn't want us to camp in the desert. He wants us to go through the desert because it's part of our preparation for the promised land. He doesn't want us to be stuck there for 40 years. And so as you're following him on this journey of faithfulness, know that when you leave your Egypt, that as you start out the journey of following him, chances of yourself finding, in the, finding yourself in the desert are quite likely and quite possible because it's part of the journey. And when you find yourself there, that is when you need to lean on that internal kind of anchor or um, pillar in your life of faithfulness. I'm going to remain faithful because I know he is faithful. I know the word of, that he's spoken over me. I know the, the promise in the scriptures are true, that his, his yes is a yes and amen over my life, and I just need to keep on keeping on. I need to be faithful to what he's called me to do. Romans chapter 12, verse 9 to 14. It says, love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Even when you're in the desert, keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless those. Uh, bless and do not curse. The Lord is calling us to be faithful in prayer. Faithful in prayer that we'll keep on trusting Him and seeking Him. Again, let's look at that quote of um, to keep on doing the same thing, expecting a different result is, is insanity. Again, it's, it's true in the right context. But let me tell you a quick story. I, I was at a church in Durban. This is a number of years ago. We were, we were ministering over there, and we were doing a healing meeting towards the, the end of the, the, the gathering. And so we'd released words of knowledge. We invited people to come and receive prayer, and we were praying for the sick, and we were trusting God faithfully to see healing take place. And so I, I get a, a senior lady who comes forward, and she's got knee pain. And so I say, come on, let's, let's pray. So lay hands on any prayer, as faithful the prayers I could. Thank you, Jesus, for working in this lady's knee that you're healing her. In Jesus' name, be healed, knee. Amen. And so what we then do is we, we like to test it out and see, has God moved supernaturally in that moment? And so I say, what couldn't you do before um, that, that would be painful? And I said, there's stairs over here. Could you walk upstairs? She said, no, no, stairs is painful. And so... I say, well, would you be okay if we tested it out and, and see if, if your knee's still sore? Sure thing, let's, let's do that. And so I walk with her, she's holding my arm, we go up the stairs, and I can see and hear the grimace of pain. And I think, Daryl, you're torturing this old lady. What are you thinking? <laughs> Don't be so ridiculous, Daryl. No, it wasn't really what was going on. Anyway, she goes up and down the stairs, come back down, and, and nothing's happened. I say, can we pray again? Let's, let's, let's trust God. Sure thing. So pray a second time. Faithful prayer. Come on, God. You're the healer. Can we test it out? Oh, let's test it out. Up and down the stairs we go again. Same grimace of pain. Back to the bottom. Can we pray one more time? Like, let's, let's keep going after this. 
I was young and naive. <laughs> Pray a third time. Let's test it out again. Up and down the stairs we go. No difference. You know, oftentimes with these type of healing encounters, I find the pain level is maybe like, say, it's uh, 8 out of 10. You know, after the first time I pray, sometimes it comes down to maybe a 7 or a 6 out of 10, and then it comes down more. And, and the more we keep praying and just saturating um, that person with the presence of God and in prayer, the, the pain continues to reduce. That's often what we experience. Pain is unchanged. Like, it might have been getting worse. I don't know. <laughs> she was probably too kind to tell me. Pray a fourth time. Come on, let's test it out. A little bit less gusto on the fourth time. <laughs> Up and down the stairs we go, no change. At this point, I think this, this, this wonderful old lady is just humoring this young boy. <laughs> I say, I, I know we've done this four times, but would you let me pray for you just one last time? And she's just humoring me. Sure, let's, let's do that. We pray a fifth time. After we, we pray, I see your eyes, something's changed. <laughs> God started doing something. The pain starts to reduce. We get to the stairs, and she goes up and down the stairs, and the pain is gone. <laughs> Isn't God amazing? This is up and down the stairs, pain-free. Sometimes we just need to be faithful and keep doing the thing that's in front of us. Even when it doesn't make any sense at all. Because God is maybe just saying, keep going. That was the sense I had that, that evening. It was just keep going, Daryl. Keep going. Keep going. Be faithful. Sometimes we just need to be faithful and just keep going. You see, faithfulness is following Jesus even when you don't feel it, even when you don't see it. That's the, that's the very essence and nature of what faith is. I love kind of one of the anthem songs of this, this season over the last two or three years, Waymaker, Miracle Maker. This is who you are. I love the, one of the bridges. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I can't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You see, sometimes you find yourself in the desert and your feelings start to cry out to you and say, what are you doing here? How did you get here? I don't feel like being here. I don't feel like eating manna again. And your feelings start to get a, a louder and louder, a bigger voice in your life. And sometimes we just need to still that voice of your feelings and say, I'm going to listen to the voice of faith, that voice of perseverance, that voice of faithfulness, of loyalty to my king. I mean, the, the, the Olympics are on at the moment. Are there any Winter Olympics fans out there? I love the Winter Olympics. So there's three of us. This is for the three of us. The rest of you can clock out for a little bit. If you're at home, hopefully you're watching this and not the Winter Olympics that's taking place right now. <laughs> but, but I mean, it's such a fascinating concept that these, these extreme athletes training, devoting their life for that portion of their life to that particular event or skill. 
day after day, faithfully training, training, training. When no one's watching, they keep going at it. When they don't feel like getting up early in the morning, they do it. They get up and they go and they train. You know, the difference between those that are Olympians and those that are not, one of the biggest differences is that they're faithful to what they feel they need to do. They're faithful to their discipline. For years, they train. I mean, let's take Summer Olympics for, for a second year. Imagine being a 100-meter sprinter. For years, you train and devote your life to maybe all you get is one 10-second race, and that's it, it's done. Okay, go home now. That was the culmination of my last four, the last four years of my life. Just ended like that in 10 seconds. But what incredible faithfulness. What discipline. You guys remember Fly, Eddie, Fly? Some of you were here a while ago, preached on Fly, Eddie, Fly, the, the ski jump. Again, those guys training endlessly for, for then just a handful of jumps, and then it's, then it's done. You know, so many of the, the, the Olympians who, who were Christian or who became Christian after, um, they talk about the emptiness that they get even when they win gold. Devote their life to this discipline. They achieve the ultimate success. And yet afterwards, they just have this massive, empty feeling. Because it's only God that can fill that desire, that need within us. It's only Him that can fulfill us. Anyway, I think sometimes our faith is a little bit like training for the Olympics. It's like our, our entire lives devoted to following Him. That one day we'll stand before Him and hopefully get that well done, good and faithful servant. And that's what it's about. Completely different to getting a gold medal. It's not about the medal, it's about pleasing our Father. That's what we're here for. Let's move on. Let's talk about, about, about faith a little bit more. Again, our, our culture is so transactional. You know, it's, I want to give you this so I can get, get this. It's, it's kind of, imagine if faith was a vending machine. I think that's almost how, how we, we, we see faith in the modern culture that we live in. I'm going to invest something. I'm going to put, you know, I've got some skin in the game. Yeah, I'm putting something into the vending machine and then I'm going to select what I want. I'm going to pray my prayer. I'm going to select B12 for, for Fanta Orange. I'm going to push that button. And you know those vending machines that haven't got the see-through glass? It's got the, just a picture in the front, like of whatever it is, and they, they, all they want you to do is just buy that picture, but actually you want something else, and you can see if you look at the code, there are other things within there, but you can't actually see it. It's like your faith is trusting that the person that packed that machine packed it right so that when you push B12, the thing that you want falls out into the collection box. <laughs> That's kind of how we sometimes see faith, I think, is that I'm just going to put something in so I can get something out. What am I saying is that we've made faith transactional. God, as I put my faith in you, I'm expecting to get something out. God, as I put my faith in you, I'm, I'm, I'm twisting your arm and forcing you to do what I want you to do. 
See, when we start to treat faith like that, I think we got it completely mixed up and wrong. Now, as Bill Johnson puts it, faith is the currency of heaven, and that is so true and beautiful. What does that mean? Is that, that, that our faith in God is what transacts between heaven and earth. It's the currency. Currency is what we use to transact. And so faith is, in its nature, in some senses, transactional. It's, it's faith that moves heaven on earth. It's faith that brings heaven on earth. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's our faith that engages that reality and makes that happen. But if we make it purely transactional, we've missed the point. Because faith in its very nature is relational, not transactional. And so I want to remind us that we always are aware that this is about a person. This is about a living God. This is about Jesus, and my faith is in Him. I'm not using and abusing this concept called faith to get what I want, because that's called selfish ambition, and that is not a fruit of the Spirit. Faith in its nature is relational. It's connected with Him. Faithfulness brings fruitfulness. We all know the story of uh, the master with his servants, and he gives to one five, five talents, five bags of gold, to the other two talents, two bags of gold, and to the third one bag. And he says, put this to work. And so the one with five goes, he puts it to work, and he earns five more bags, ends up with ten. The one with two puts his two bags to work and ends up with two more, ends up with four. And the one with one out of fear goes and buries it and does nothing with it. And we all know what happens and the, the scolding that that, that that guy gets. You see, you see, to be faithful with what we have means that we do something with it. And when we do something with it, we get more. We get entrusted with more. It's Matthew 25, verse 23. This is after uh, the, the one with five and the one with two bags have earned five bags and, and two bags, respectively, more. And so the master replies... Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. When we are faithful with what we have, God entrusts us with more. And so don't despise the day of small beginnings. If you feel like all you've got is just this little ounce of faith, do something with it. If God entrusts you with some kind of a resource or, or a business idea or whatever it is, an ability to, to, to love people, we've all got these things. But whatever it is that you've got, be faithful with those things. Because as you, are, as you show the Lord that you are faithful with these things, He entrusts you with more, with many things. And the reward is that we get to enter into His happiness, His joy. Remember the Olympic athletes striving, working their whole life to get that golden medal. And once they get it, just that feeling of emptiness. Many of them end up going into deep depression after these massive events. What is the reward for us? We enter into his happiness. There's a joy that is released in you and to you and through you. Come on, who doesn't want to be filled with the joy of the Lord in his happiness? Hmm. So come on, Breakthrough Family. Let's be a faithful people. 
Let's pass this test with flying colors. What are some of the practical ways that we can be faithful? Let's be faithful in our corporate worship. Let's be present. Let's devote ourselves to him. Let's be faithful in our private and uh, our individual devotions to him, in our reading of the scriptures. As read earlier in Romans, let's be faithful in prayer. Let's be faithful in, in, in investing in community and in relationships. Let's be faithful in attending connect groups. Let's be faithful in doing good. God has got so many good things in store for us. Everything's ready, and now he's inviting us to pass this test and to walk out our lives filled with faith and being faithful. God has such good stuff in store for us. He's faithful. He's, his promises are yes and amen over us. And he's giving you everything you need to live out a faithful life here on earth. And he wants you to steward what he's given you faithfully because he wants to entrust you with more. You see, maybe you find yourself in the desert not because God's punishing you, because he's giving you an opportunity to prove yourself faithful so that he can give you more. He's not putting you there to punish you. He's putting you there so that you can show yourself faithful and that he can give you more. Why don't you stand? Let's pray. Father God, you are faithful. You always have been and you always will be faithful. Lord, you made us in your image and you, you want us to be like you, which means you want us to be faithful. The fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness. Lord, in this time as we've, we've gone through these, these tests and this ongoing test, Lord, may we pass with flying colors as we demonstrate our faithfulness to you and to one another. Thank you, Lord, that as we show ourselves faithful, you entrust us with more. Thank you that you test us not to fail us, but to promote us. And so, Lord, we thank you that this is a season of promotion, that you're bringing us out of the desert into the promised land, that we will have more than what we know what to do with, more of your presence, that there will be springs, just as Moses started us out with this morning, that it won't be just a, a, a cup of water, but that there'll be springs as we, as we steward what we have, as we're faithful with what we have. Thank you, Lord, that you're promoting us. You're promoting us. You're promoting us. Yeah, thank you, Lord. I just felt even right now that for some of you in business, you've been faithful with what you've had, and the, it feels like the promotion hasn't, hasn't come. Uh, and I want to ask, Lord, that you will bring the breakthrough, the breakthrough that's been prophesied, the breakthrough that's been spoken, the, the breakthrough that you've, you've spoken about, Lord, that this will be the time that that breakthrough comes. And so thank you that the God of breakthrough is moving. Thank you that the lion of the tribe of Judah is roaring over you and over that situation and that breakthrough is coming. Thank you, Lord, that this is a time of promotion. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you help us to walk in step with you. 
in sync with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. And so, Lord, as we go from this place, may we be in step with you. May we walk and live in the fruit of the Spirit. Help us to not strive with our own strength, but to surrender our lives to you. And from that place of surrender, to be fruitful and faithful. Mm. So thank you, Lord, for your blessing upon each and every one of us. Thank you that you, you, you are promoting. And we ask that this will be the time and season of promotion as we are faithful to what you've given us. Mm. Amen. Amen.